Eternal Health, episode number 26. You're listening to the Eternal Health Podcast, where we discuss God's great design for your life in body, mind, and spirit. Your host is Laura Rimmer, who's a nutritionist, author, speaker, and health coach. Looking for yoga tips or the latest protein shake recommendations? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. If you're ready for no-nonsense, multi-layered health expertise, drawing on evidence-based nutrition and biblical principles, welcome to Eternal Health. For show notes and to download your free five-minute Optimum Health Scorecard, please visit laurarimmer.com. Enjoy the show. Hi there, it's Laura Rimmer. Welcome to another episode here of Eternal Health. Hope you've had a really good week. If you haven't listened to last week's episode, do go and listen to that. It's on the 12 principles for great health. So um, that's a really easy, concise way to understand exactly what to be eating for great health, in my view and opinion. This week, I'm going to be talking all about diabetes, the subject of diabetes, type 2 diabetes causes, diet, and pre-diabetes metabolic syndrome symptoms. So covering a range of things that are all concerned with, yeah, type 2 diabetes, because it's so, so prevalent in our day and age, isn't it? And I'm going to point you to a few resources that are going to enable you to understand diabetes in a more full way and also to be able to prevent it in your own life by understanding the symptoms to look out for, signs to watch for and diet that is going to help scupper diabetes and prediabetes. I've had a pretty good week. It's been lovely weather here in the UK this week and my husband and I have been to the beach a couple of times and just been out for long walks and just enjoyed running in the sunshine, which has been lovely. It's crazy, isn't it, the weather? Three weeks ago here it was snowing and this week it's I've been out sunbathing this afternoon and running in the sun. So yeah, madness the way the weather is right now, but um, yeah, certainly enjoying the sunshine. Now, I'm recording this podcast episode this week on the subject of diabetes because there's a few things coming up which this ties in well with. This is a good introduction to things coming up in the future. So number one, I'll let you know now, there is a diabetes summit, a free online summit that's um, being made available from next week, from April the 23rd for seven days. So if you want to go straight to that and check it out um, before the end of this podcast, you can do that. I'll send you my link, which is laurarimmer.com forward slash diabetes summit. I will link to that in the show notes as well. So that's going to be a really interesting thing where there's going to be, I think there's about 32 when I counted, 30, 32 experts in different areas and different fields of of practice and medicine and, and expertise to do with reversing preventing diabetes and addressing diabetes so I haven't listened to this it's it's so you know I don't know what's going to be said so I can't say that I'm going to necessarily agree with all of it but nonetheless this is cutting edge stuff coming out it's brand new and it's available for free next week so that's the diabetes summit so I would encourage you to check that out so 
with that in mind, I'm I'm doing this topic uh, or covering this topic of diabetes today. The other reason being, I'm interviewing Professor Tim Noakes in a few weeks time which is really exciting because he has done a lot of research on type 2 diabetes he himself has reversed or certainly kept at bay his own um, type 2 diabetes which he says that he gave himself type 2 diabetes by eating a very high uh, high carbohydrate diet for many years as a marathon runner and athlete and was able to reverse it with a high fat diet so that's very interesting and we'll get into more about diet as this podcast um, goes on. But just to say at this stage, I'm interviewing Tim Noakes, world famous doctor, very controversial doctor, received a lot of flack from media and the medical establishments for coming out and saying that a high carbohydrate diet is responsible in large part for the prevalence of type 2 diabetes and metabolic syndrome and pre-diabetes and a high fat diet low in carbohydrates is instrumental in reversing it so yeah I'm going to cover that in a little bit more detail as we go along but do watch out for my interview coming up with Professor Tim Noakes so let's begin by looking at some facts about the prevalence of type 2 diabetes. So a report came out last year in 2017 from the CDC, the Centers for Disease Control in the USA. And this report said that as of 2015, 30.3 million Americans, which represents 9.4% of the US, have diabetes. So 30.3 million Americans have diabetes. Almost 10% of Americans have diabetes. What's astounding is that another 84.1 million people in America have prediabetes. Prediabetes is a condition that if it isn't treated will often lead to type 2 diabetes within a five-year time frame. What's even more astounding than that, than the fact that 84 million people have prediabetes, is that 90% of those people are completely unaware that they have it. So we've got this situation where almost 10% of the US has diabetes. 84.1 million people are walking around and within five years, they are also going to have type 2 diabetes, but they are unaware that they're on that path and they're doing things and engaging in lifestyle habits and eating a diet that's going to exacerbate that problem and going to pretty much guarantee that they do get full-blown type 2 diabetes but they're unaware of it so they're unaware that they need to make some changes now to prevent it so we're going to be looking at in this episode what are the symptoms what are the things to be looking out for what is the diet that's going to enable type 2 diabetes to flourish and what's the kind of diet that is going to enable you to prevent and even reverse type 2 diabetes because type 2 diabetes is absolutely reversible with diet and lifestyle how do I know that because I've seen in myself I've worked with three people in the last few years who have reversed their type 2 diabetes so their HbA1c levels their hemoglobin a1c levels which um, it registers your blood glucose levels um, over a period of time have gone from being on the diabetic range to into the normal range and that's been purely with changes in diet and a little bit of changes in lifestyle Okay, things to look out for that could possibly indicate that you have prediabetes. Increased thirst. 
Now, that's not awfully helpful because um, you could have increased thirst if you're just thirsty and not drunk enough water. But generally, if you notice the fact that you're increasingly more thirsty a lot of the time than normal, that could indicate prediabetes. And along with that would go frequent urination. So using the bathroom a lot throughout the day but then more tangible things I guess are things like fatigue so if for no reason you feel really fatigued a lot of the time and another classic one is blurred vision blurred vision indicates an imbalance in your blood sugar and yeah your insulin um, potential insulin resistance So diabetes and prediabetes in a nutshell is a disease by which your body's ability to produce or respond to the hormone insulin is severely impaired and this results in abnormal metabolism of carbohydrates and elevated levels of glucose in the blood. So what that means is that if we have insulin resistance and there's a guy online called Dr. Eric Berg who explains this quite well, I think, he says, why would we have insulin resistance? Well, it's normally a case of overload of things that spark an insulin response. And the things that spark an insulin response in your body are sugar, all carbohydrates, and some proteins as well. So fat will not produce an insulin response. Saturated fat especially will not produce an insulin response, but carbohydrates certainly do, and some proteins in high, medium to high levels also produce an insulin response. So we can conclude, and this is a controversial thing because this is debated, but the conclusion that I've come round to in the past 10 years or so after looking at lots of different doctors approaches to this and lots of different reasonings behind thoughts and also working in the UK's NHS and seeing doctors and their approaches to managing diabetes the thing is if we constantly bombard our bodies with particularly refined carbohydrates Dr. Eric Berg explains it like this very helpfully. He says it's kind of like a telemarketer that rings up constantly and is trying to sell you stuff. They constantly ring you up, constantly ring you up. After a while, you're going to tune them out, aren't you? You're going to ignore their phone calls, knowing what they're going to, you know, knowing that they're an annoyance and they're repeatedly trying to send the same message. Or if you've got a a nagging wife or a husband, (laughs) um, then you begin to tune them out, don't you? You know, I've, I know couples in my family who after many, many years of being married, they just ignore each other now because they're, you know, a constant nagging or whatever is, um, yeah, has, has caused them to tune out. Well, insulin acts in a similar way. If we constantly bombard our bodies with things that are going to spark an insulin response, eventually that leads to insulin resistance where the the insulin doesn't act. Um, It kind of ignores it and you don't produce enough insulin. So that's, yeah, it's a very simplified um, explanation for what diabetes and prediabetes is. But basically prediabetes is the situation, the warning signs, which can lead to full-blown insulin resistance and type 2 diabetes. Now, metabolic syndrome, which is often confused with prediabetes, is 
similar, but metabolic syndrome is more of a cluster of conditions. And so when you have metabolic uh, syndrome, it synergistically and simultaneously increases your risk of a number of things. So heart disease, cardiovascular disease, type 2 diabetes, and also premature death. So there's a number of different indicators. We look at things like triglycerides, your blood sugar levels, your blood pressure, I think is in there as well. So it's more of a cluster of of things and symptoms, whereas insulin resistance and prediabetes is more specifically around blood sugar and insulin. But people like Professor Tim Noakes and a group of other doctors out there say that metabolic syndrome and prediabetes are the biggest problems that we have on our hands in terms of health in this day and age. So it's going to be interesting listening to him talk about this and explain a bit more about this and why he sees it as such a problem. So let's move on to the causes of type 2 diabetes, metabolic syndrome, prediabetes, and what we can do about it and what kind of diet that we should be adopting in order to prevent and reverse these things. So there's really two overall schools of thought on how to prevent and reverse diabetes and the things that cause it. So the first school of thought is that it's the prevalence of too much fat in our diet and junk foods that causes diabetes and so people like Dr Neil Barnard and Joel Furman would advocate eating a more plant-based diet for yeah reversing diabetes Dr Neil Barnard has got a book called his program for reversing diabetes so he very much advocates that eating more fruits and vegetables and whole grains and lowering our fat intake is going to help reverse diabetes On the other hand, there's a whole other camp of people, Professor Tim Noakes included, and people like Gary Torbs and Nina Teicholtz and Dr. Eric Berg, who would say that actually the problem in our diet is not fat. And in fact, since we've been adopting a more lower fat diet, the incidence of diabetes has gone up and up and up. So they would say that actually carbohydrate is the problem we don't actually need much carbohydrate in our diet we do need fat we do need some protein but given that fat doesn't spark an insulin response it's not going to produce a situation where we've got insulin resistance and therefore it's not going to allow our bodies to go into a pre-diabetic or diabetic state so the way to manage our blood glucose is to remove the glucose and remove the carbohydrates or keep them very low and increase the good fats in our diet. So my position on this has changed somewhat in the last year or so because I would have very much been in the school of thought that we need to be keeping our diet low in fat to prevent and reverse diabetes. And I do know people who have reversed diabetes with a plant-based diet. So to a large or to some degree, I agree with that way of thinking. However, since discovering the work of people like Professor Tim Noakes, I'm going to keep referencing him because he's such a major player in this field. And this is a guy who did basically a complete about turn on his um, on his research, his work, and in his books and things because he wrote a number of books advocating a high carbohydrate diet. He was particularly interested in running and endurance events, as as am I. 
And he knew that as a runner, he felt his body needed a lot of carbohydrates. And I can completely relate to that. However, he gave himself type 2 diabetes. And after a lot of research and trying out different things and yeah, connecting with other doctors in this field, he learned and and hats off to him. He changed his whole approach and came out and said, look, I got it wrong. It's actually fat that we need in our diet, not high carbohydrate. Why did he change his mind? Well, think about it. And he talks about the elephant in the room. The elephant in the room is that our bodies can only store as glycogen or glucose in our body about 1600 calories worth of, yeah, glucose in the form of glycogen to be used at any one time. Whereas we have got this almost (laughs) um, unquenchable source of calories at our disposal in the form of our fat, the fat that we carry around on our body. So even the leanest of people has around about 60,000 calories at their disposal. They can start burning as fuel and energy. So Yes, it might be true that if our body is used to burning carbohydrate, if we deplete those carbohydrate in that glycogen store, we might start feeling faint and we might feel like we need some carbohydrates. And I can relate to that, having hit the wall doing a marathon once and knowing that at about 18 miles of any on any run, I then need to eat a banana or have some dates or some carbohydrates. But here's the kicker. Tim Noakes says... And he's not the only one, you know, people like Dr. Jeff Volek, Dr. Stephen uh, Pinney are pioneers in this. And William Banting, who came up with the Banting diet in the 1920s, say that our bodies have metabolic flexibility, which means that we can burn carbohydrates, but also we can burn fat. And it makes sense because we've got these huge fat reserves in our body. But the thing is, most people never tap into them. They lie dormant. So we have this situation now, this bizarre kind of weird situation where we've got obese people who are starving and having low blood sugar because their body's unable to tap into all those fat reserves because they're eating too much carbohydrates so I having researched this particular area a lot in the last year I'm beginning to um, agree with the low carbohydrate high fat guys in saying that To reverse and prevent diabetes, prediabetes, metabolic syndrome, and to enable our bodies to have this metabolic flexibility whereby we can burn our huge fat reserves and we can burn dietary fat as well, we need to be keeping our carbs low and getting into a state of potentially ketosis where our body is burning ketones. And that's just a fancy way or a, a you know, scientific term for burning fat, basically. So when we're in a state state of dietary ke- uh, ketosis, not to be confused with diabetic ketoacidosis, which is where it's kind of like ketosis gone out of control, not to be confused with that. No, nutritional ketosis is a really good state whereby our body is adapted, fat adapted to burn fat for fuel. So that means then, and there's lots of now elite athletes and athletes in general switching over to a high fat diet, low carbohydrate. And instead of only being able to go for kind of, you know, 1600 calories worth of distance, so maybe 16 miles or however long on a bike, a couple of hours or 
whatever and then need to refuel themselves, they can actually, once they're fat adapted, they can tap into those fat reserves and go pretty much endlessly because we've all got a lot of fat on our body that we can burn, haven't we? So the argument is that ketones is a much cleaner way of utilizing energy. But the thing is, as I mentioned, most people, uh, because of the high carbohydrate levels in their diet, never get into a state of fat burning, which is why so many people on diets fail because their bodies have got too much carbohydrate. So they're always burning carbs as opposed to burning fat from their bodies as well as in their diet. So the conclusion of all this, what can we conclude? That there's two schools of thought. One school of thought is that in order to prevent and reverse diabetes, we need a low fat diet. The other school of thought, which I am beginning to agree with much more, is that diabetes, prediabetes, metabolic syndrome is caused for the most part by ravaging our body with too many carbohydrates. Carbohydrates and some protein sparks an insulin response. If we keep hammering our bodies with too much carbs, too much carbs, high level of carbs, refined white carbs, um, then we're going to over time, this is not going to happen straight away. So probably people in their 20s are okay. In your 30s, you can probably get away with it. But over 40 and that's what we see in the statistics is that people who have the biggest risk factor for diabetes are in their 40s and over that's because tim noakes would argue there's a period of about 20 years where if you keep hammering your body with carbohydrates and you have this insulin resistance that's when it will you know it will give you type 2 diabetes so it's interesting isn't it something to think about what can we do then what's the type of diet we should be following well a diet which is lower in carbohydrates and higher in good fats. Now, one thing I will say is that all schools of thought, whether you're in the high fat, low carbohydrate camp or the low fat, high carbohydrate camp, both groups would agree on two things we need to be eliminating completely from our diet to ensure great health and to prevent and reverse diabetes and insulin resistance. Those two things that we need to be getting out of our diet, which I have eliminated from my diet and advise my coaching clients and um, friends and family, two things. Number one, white refined sugar. Number two, man-made vegetable oils. So I've talked about this in previous episodes. So in in the last episode, I talked about the 12 dietary principles and I talked about those two things, eliminating fats, man-made fats, so vegetable oils, canola oil, soybean oil, hydrogenated oils, safflower oil, sunflower seed oil, um, yeah, all that kind of stuff. These processed industrial fats need to go and white refined sugar. The other thing that all professionals are unanimous about and in agreement about is that type 2 diabetes is something that that can't go on as it is it's such a massive problem and the fact that yeah 90% of people with prediabetes are unaware and that's a time bomb waiting to happen give it five years and those people 
probably will have type 2 diabetes and the fact that that's such a huge burden on our medical organizations um, and our yeah health, whole healthcare system and our governments something needs to change so we really need to take this into our own hands and take responsibility for our own diet and lifestyle and our own health and look out for the warning signs and make some changes so with that in mind there's something coming up called the diabetes summit which starts on april the 23rd 2018 so this coming week and it's hosted by a guy called dr brian mole and he's dedicated the last 20 years of his life in clinical experience looking at reversing and preventing type 2 diabetes and he's put together his top 10 tips for mastering blood sugar and reversing type 2 diabetes and he talks about the big four factors to addressing high blood sugar and the secrets to finding and addressing the root cause of diabetes so he's obviously a guy who's passionate about this as i mentioned at the beginning of the show this diabetes summit is going to feature 30 professionals in this area giving their educated opinions on what we can be doing to prevent and reverse type 2 diabetes so do look out for the warning signs because 90 million people in the US that's a lot of people and if you're in the UK or Australia or South Africa or New Zealand or anywhere else France Germany the statistics are going to be similar in those countries as well so how do you know my question to you is how do you know that you haven't got pre-diabetes or you're not on the path to getting diabetes pre-diabetes metabolic syndrome these whole range of symptoms which contribute to to below par health that are reversible with a small change in many cases in diet and lifestyle so do register for that free diabetes summit you can find that at laurarimmer.com forward slash diabetes summit so i've created a link for you there an easy link so that's laurarimmer.com forward slash diabetes summit So I'm going to leave it there today and I will look forward to bringing you my interview that I'm doing with Professor Tim Noakes in a few weeks time and letting him explain his journey into reversing his own type 2 diabetes and exactly what he advocates as being the best diet and how to adopt or adapt to a higher fat diet and a low carbohydrate diet and what are those benefits in doing that so that's going to be uh, an interesting episode to watch out for in future weeks i'm going to leave you with some scripture today from galatians so it's galatians 6 from verse 4 But let each one test his own work and then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbour, for each will have to bear his own load. Let the one who is taught the word share all good things with the one who teaches. Do not be deceived, God is not mocked, for whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. 
Thank you very much for listening to another episode today of Eternal Health. I hope you have a wonderful week and I look forward to speaking to you again next week for episode 27 of Eternal Health. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Eternal Health Podcast. Go to laurarimmer.com to download your free Optimum Health Scorecard and find out your current health score, plus tips, coaching, and training on how to get slim, healed, and energized. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, and we'll catch you next time on Eternal Health.